The following podcast was recorded on Wednesday, January 19th, 2022, featuring Jim Bianco of Bianco Research. To hear the podcast in real time, you can sign up for a free trial at biancoresearch.com or arborresearch.com or by emailing Gus Handler directly at gus.handler at arborresearch.com. You can also call Arbor Research and Trading at 1-800-606-1872. Thanks for your time and enjoy the podcast. Welcome everyone to the latest edition of Talking Data. I'm your host, Kristen Radish of Arbor Research and Trading, joined today by our presenter, Jim Bianco of Bianco Research. Today, Jim is going to answer the question, are fund managers disconnected? Fund managers continue to believe the Fed will not be aggressive in tightening because inflation is transitory. Jim, is this still the case? Yeah, very much so the case. And what is helping us understand that is the Bank of America Global Fund Manager Survey. It's a monthly survey. It was released yesterday. Um, it uh, has about 330 or so fund managers that participated with over a trillion dollars under management. And the chart you're looking at here is they ask a question, do you think inflation is transitory or permanent? This is a question we've talked about on this podcast before from this survey. I have a little quibble about the word permanent because nothing in life is permanent except death and taxes. But nevertheless, transitory is still the majority opinion. And as the dark blue lines show, it actually widened slightly in January versus December. Remember, in December was when Jay Powell said it was time to retire the word transitory. Yet a majority of managers still think that it's transitory. And what you're finding is, at least my anecdotal you know, um, observations of fund managers is this is indeed the majority opinion. Inflation is going to peak. It's going to come down. It's not going to be that big a deal. So if you go to the next slide, <coughs> excuse me, this shows the number of rate hikes that fund managers expect. They expect three rate hikes in 2022, up from two in December. But notice that four rate hikes has 20% in dark blue, and more than four rate hikes has zero. So 80% of these managers expect three, two, or one um, rate hike, and 1% of the managers expect none. So if you go to the next uh, slide, um, what you'll find on this is this is a table that shows the what is priced into the market. A fifth rate hike is priced in for February of next year. And there's a 42% chance that that might come in December. Yet of the 330 managers in this lit, on this uh, survey, zero think the Fed's going to raise rates five times. But according to the market, there's a 42% chance that the Fed might actually have a fifth rate hike. The majority of them think the Fed is going to raise rates three times or less, yet four rate hikes is solidly priced in. So my point is, these managers are all way behind the market pricing. In fact, I would argue, although there's no real good way to measure this, they are so far behind the market pricing, this might be a record. Now, last question or last thought for this, how can they be behind the market pricing? Isn't the market the consensus? Well, yes, this is the consensus among short-term debt traders, repo traders, short-term treasury traders, um, Fed fund futures traders, euro dollar traders, 
people that are close to the short-term debt markets, which are heavily influenced by monetary policy, this is what they believe. Four rate hikes very close to a fifth rate hike. When the fund manager survey comes out, the vast majority of them are not short-term debt traders. They're long-term debt traders, they're equity traders, they're foreign, they're domestic, they're international traders as well too. They're alternative asset managers, they're hedge funds, institutional investors. As a group there, the consensus is inflation is transitory and the Fed will do less than what the market is pricing in. And this has always been the case this whole cycle. It's like the whole consensus has been dragged screaming and kicking into thinking that the Fed is going to do something. It was only 90 days ago. The consensus was debating whether there'd be any rate hike in 2022. Now they're up to three and the market is close to price. The market by short-term debt traders is close to pricing in five rate hikes. Do they fail to understand the impact inflation is having on politics and the enormous political pressure the Fed is under? Yeah, and I think that that's exactly what the problem is, is that they're operating on the 2008 to 2020 playbook. Because if you listen to them talk about it, what they'll say is the Fed won't allow financial markets to be disrupted because that could hurt the economy. Um, they won't allow anything that would get in the way of growth. From 08 to 2020, that was indeed the case. But in 2020, coming out of the pandemic, we finally got inflation for the first time in 40 years. And because of that, the dynamic has changed and changed quite a bit. So if we go to the next chart, they asked this other question to um, these fund managers. What do you think is going to happen with the midterm elections? 35% of them said Republican House, Republican Senate. Remember now, the Democrats are the majority of both the House and the Senate. So 35% of them think that both chambers will flip to Republican. As they point out on the right, they use odds checker. I use predicted. It's They all kind of have the same answer. The betting markets of professional bettors, political bettors, who, by the way, have a very good track record, have that at 70%. So these managers are half of what the, the guys with a good track record have. And so they're not as attuned as it appears. There's two answers here. Either one is they're very partisan and they're all Democrats. Um, I don't think that's the case. Or two, they're not as attuned that the inflation is the number one issue. I still, when I talk to fund managers and I say, I give them a choice, you know, crime, uh, immigration, climate change, COVID, inflation. What do you think is the number one issue in the country? Very few of them pick inflation, but all of the surveys have inflation as being the number one issue. So what's happened in is what's happened is this is starting to hurt the Democrats. So if you go to the final chart we have here, this is the generic poll, uh, the generic ballot, or as they call it. What this is, is they pollsters ask this question, who are you going to vote for in the next election? I'm not asking which election. And I'm not giving you a name, just Republican or Democrat. And normally the Democrats are always have a, a skew for them. That's what you see in the bottom panel. The green line above zero means net plus more people say Democrat than Republican. In the last three months, that's flipped. And now more people are saying Republican than Democrat. And the big issue, number one issue is inflation. So the Fed is under enormous political pressure. Do something about inflation. 
The last time Jay Powell spoke was January 11th at his renomination hearing. He again said, we have the tools to deal with unwanted inflation before it becomes entrenched. And they have said this many, many times. So has Yellen, so has Bernanke before her. The public has spoken. We have unwanted inflation today. Do something about it today. You have the tools to do something about it, Jay. Start using them. Don't rationalize. Don't drag out 38 PhDs to tell me when or how to use them. The public is saying, you've got this pressure now. Do something about it. And I think Paul knows that. And that's why he's going to respond by essentially doing what the market is pricing in. And I think that those managers are going to be surprised. And they're going to be surprised because I don't think they're attuned to politics as much. They have to understand that the Fed is still a political animal and they're going to respond to these politics. If nothing else, there is a discussion. What about price controls? Should the Democrats institute price controls? Well, we tried that in the late early 70s, excuse me, in the early 70s, didn't work out very well. In fact, it was a disaster. And most economic theory is price controls don't work. And most people at the Fed uh, uh, believe that. I believe that too. So given the choice of 40% of the public has less than $1,000 of savings in rents, and they are killing the majority party because they are unhappy about inflation, 10% owns 90, 10, the upper 10% own 90% of the stocks. And now you've got a divergence. You don't have the same, you don't have them on the same side. You got to pick one or the other. And if you don't pick fight inflation, get aggressive, do five rate hikes in QT, the Democrats might say in an act of desperation, I want price controls. You might be better off going too much in that direction than not going in that direction letting the public get seething mad about inflation and just keep running up one PhD after another to tell them why it's in their best interest that we keep pushing the stock market higher. Powell's not that, Powell's more politically astute. He's not gonna do that. He's gonna be more aggressive than people think. And I only think starting this year in the last couple of weeks, our markets finally coming around to what short-term debt traders have been pricing in for several weeks. Get ready. There's going to be a lot of rate hikes. There's going to be QT. This is going to be very. This is going to be a big, big drag on the economy. Last thought for you: a QT. How does QT impact financial markets? The Fed, before they started the taper, was buying 120 billion dollars of securities a month. That is 1.5 trillion dollars of bonds a year. Restated. The, pub, the, the private sector did not have to buy $1.5 trillion worth of bonds. Now that the Fed is going to stop doing that and maybe go to QT running down their balance sheet, the bond market needs a trillion and a half dollar buyer plus whatever they do. So they're going to have to find a trillion and a half dollars worth of buyers. The way they're going to do that is they're going to keep lowering prices, raising interest rates, till they attract money into the bond market. And the theory goes, in QT, the bond market will be fine. Because when the bond market says, I need somebody to buy my paper, it will find somebody to buy its paper. There's an old saying in the bond market, there are no bad bonds, there's only bad prices. They will find the right price to drag people back into their, to buy their paper. 
It's the other markets, the riskier markets, corporate bonds, high yield bonds, um, equities, maybe even crypto, that are going to see their flows dry up to help fund the bond market to fill the hole that the Fed has. So the theory is it is going to be those riskier markets or those markets further out the risk curve that suffer more on QT. The bond market will get what it needs. It will find the buyers it needs, but it might have to take them from the stock market. Then the stock market's going to have to become more attractive to maybe the crypto market or some other market in order to find their buyers. So this is why QT matters. And only now, now being the last couple of weeks, are markets coming around to this idea. QT, lots of rate hikes would be very bad, but then they comfort themselves by saying, no, no, the Fed will never do that. The Fed never wants to upset the stock market. 2008 to 2020, that was true. But now that you've got inflation, the game has changed. And I think people are slow to understand that because they're not paying attention to the politics of the situation as well as they should. Well, Jen, thank you for your thoughts today. And thank you everyone for joining us. As a reminder, Harbor Research and Trading is an institutional research and brokerage firm. Our two most prominent offerings are Bianco Research and Arbor Data Science. For any questions or further information, please contact Gus Handler at gus.handler at arborresearch.com. Thanks, everyone, and have a great day.